This episode is brought to you by VH1's RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review. RuPaul is opening a live Las Vegas residency. Go behind the queens as six of the most sensational drag race superstars put on the show of a lifetime. It's Viva Yas Vegas on RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review. New series premieres tonight, August 21st at 8, 7 central, only on VH1. Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're talking about The Lucky One, starring Zac Efron. And I don't know if you remember her, because I sure don't, until I had to watch this movie, Taylor Schilling. Um, we're getting an update from Ana de Armas Updates. And then we're talking about our gas station orders. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned through this one. we got some exciting stuff planned for next week's episode. But yeah, in the meantime, let's dive in. Okay, <laughs> Tea Time is checking in with celeb relationship news because actually a lot happened this week. None of it's all that fun, but things did happen. So first up is Cole Sprouse and Lee Reinhardt officially Dunzo. They've both confirmed it in like several different ways. Like, okay. Cole Sprouse's response was definitely the most dramatic. He posted a very, um, very um, cottage core-esque Instagram, I believe of Lily, and said, Lily and I initially separated in January of this year, deciding to more permanently split in March. When incredible experience I had. I'll always feel lucky. Blah, 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 blah. Her movie comes out soon. It goes on. It's like two full paragraphs. And then Lily Reinhardt also confirmed it. They're confirming it up and down. They're done. It seems like for good. I don't really know. Maybe next Riverdale season, they'll get back together. Do you guys care about this couple? (laughs) I'm curious whether they like waited until one of them had something to promote. Yeah. March was a long time ago. It that was. was like the beginning of the pandemic. So much has happened since then. They had yes. so many opportunities to share. She uh, also has a poetry book called Swimming Lessons, which is why true. she's doing press right now, um, which is where she talks about her depression and then alluded to the breakup. Apparently, it's more just about how she's feeling. But yeah, talking a lot because they have to do press. Maybe I want to think that they just chose to be private. And then they have to depress, so they might as well talk about it. Mm. But you're probably right. It's probably all coordinated. Maybe a little of both. A little of both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're done. R.I.P. Oh. Sad to see them go. That is so um, cute. They were. All right. Let's move on. Next relationship news, Amelia. <laughs> well, apparently, maybe people are saying that g Easy and Ashley Benson are maybe engaged <laughs> because no! she was. Yeah. <laughs> she was rocking a giant ring on her ring finger and you know I think if you remember they were rumored to be quarantining together she had broken up with Cara Delevingne and she was seen like leaving his apartment and they were grocery shopping together and now it seems like maybe they have found love with each other this is also such a cursed start. I hate these two together. The last time I was happy, I think in 2020, was when we talked about their sex bench. And now that feels like so long ago. And I'm so depressed. Yeah. This, I hate how often we talk about G-Easy on this podcast. I hate it. happens it. so often. <laughs> in like, 2021, I don't want to talk about Machine Gun Kelly. And I don't want to talk about G-Easy. Ever. Those are, good, those are really good goals for us. And I think that they're unattainable. Yeah. 
I can't believe they might be engaged. This would be crazy fast, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yes. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> oh all right, let's keep moving. Get this thing over with. Oh, God. All right. Uh, some baby news for you all. Like five days ago, Chrissy Teigen revealed that she's pregnant with her third baby. I did not see this anywhere. Maybe I just wasn't logged on. And at first I was like, okay, like this third baby, like you get excited about the first two, like who cares about the third one? However, they make such cute babies. Their kids are so fucking cute. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's just like a service to the world. They should have like seven kids. I think the world would be a better place. Yeah. You know? That would be cute. And a a cuter place. Yeah, I want one of them to have John Legend's singing abilities. And the more that they procreate, the greater the chances. (laughs) Well, one of them has John Legend's exact face. Maybe Miles will have his voice. I like the odds of one of them having his voice. Yeah. Congrats. Um, And then other baby news. Sort of baby news. (laughs) Yeah. I got really excited on Twitter yesterday because everyone was like, Gigi Hadid's baby is on the way. And I was like, holy shit, great timing. We have tea time tomorrow. Like, thank you, Gigi. And then it turns out she was just pictured back in New York because she's returned to New York. She's due in September. Like, she's probably going to have the baby soon, and that's why she's she's back in New York. But I was like, guys, unless she's literally in the hospital, like, we cannot trend ZG on Twitter (laughs) until she's literally in labor. Uh, True. So a little, like, fake hype there. I feel like she's nesting now. You know how I In her hideous apartment with the giant pencil? We talked about Maybe. this. That baby, the whole apartment is not baby friendly. She's going to have to really adjust. No, the yeah. pasta is a choking hazard alone. <laughs> and the gigantic ballpoint pen that's six feet tall. That, right. oh, yeah, God. easy. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next category. <laughs> this week in social media slash not oh. worth the tea. So we're going to go from, what is this, most depressing to the yeah. least? I try okay. to arrange them from okay. like smart. shitty that's to smart. good. Yeah. Shitty to good. Okay, exactly. Amelia, go ahead. Um, well, Megan the Stallion, you know, she had WAP was a huge hit. We talked about it last podcast, but uh, now she had to take to her Instagram in a previous post that was it was deleted, but this happened the other day, and she posted a picture of her foot and like her ankle and um area where she was shot having to let people know because people are idiots and super rude that like, yeah, she got shot. And because they were coming for her because, you know, she participated in the WAP video and they're like, oh, how do you, well, how does that happen when you got shot in the foot? That doesn't make any sense. And it's, and she was just like, okay, why would I make this up? And also, shouldn't you be happy that I can fucking walk again? Which, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's insane. The lengths that this poor woman has to go to tell people I got shot in both of my feet. Like, it's just fuck off. Everyone who thinks she didn't get shot. You are psychotic and you deserve to burn in hell. Yeah. Just imagine. Imagine dying on that hill being like, I'm going to be the asshole on Twitter who's a a Meg the Stallion truther. Exactly. He's going to be like, actually, she didn't get shot. Like, just some first of all, some basic human sympathy would be fucking great. (laughs) Second of all. Just uh, like uh, it's her business. Like exactly. just enjoy the video that she just gave us and like <laughs> let her live her life and heal and recover. It's exactly. If, if there's anything you should take from this news and us talking about is just go to her Instagram. That's what I want mm, more people to do. Too. Stalk True. her. Did it again this morning. Just immediate <laughs> serotonin boost. It's only good for you. Um, yes. But yeah, this is fucking ridiculous and I hate people. Just let her live. Exactly. Agreed. This next news is also just bizarre. I can't <laughs> like wait I for said, you to tell we us arranged about it. it, you guys. It's a theme. It's smart. Yes. Well, James Blunt. Do you remember the song Beautiful? 
in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) He was talking on a podcast um, and he revealed that he decided to eat nothing but meat and condiments for two months while he was studying at the University of Bristol in the mid 1990s because he was in a class with 170 women and only three guys. And apparently all of the women were vegetarians or vegans. And he said, so out of principle, I decided I'd become a carnivore and just lived on mince, some chicken, maybe with some mayonnaise, just because he wanted to exert his chicken masculinity. Yeah, ex- yes. And oh. right. And then it's, he said, he went on to say, and it took me about six to eight weeks to get very unhealthy and see a doctor who then said, I think you've got the symptoms of scurvy. So he ended up getting scurvy. Yes. And his doctor, <laughs> this story goes on because his doctor made him drink orange juice every day because he had goddamn scurvy, which is what freaking sailors got in the 1800s or yeah. whatever. And after that, he developed acid reflux. So don't try to- All to prove a point against women? Yeah, pretty much, yes. Man, Here, I hate him. <laughs> he's the worst guy. Like slight tangent, my dad took dance in college because he wanted to be in a class with a lot of women. And he was like one of the only guys in this huge dance class with all these women. And all he talks about is how great it was. So James Blunt, you need to just change (laughs) your angle and consider it a good thing. Wait, there were so many better ways to do that. Man, it's embarrassing. Okay, Okay, let's keep moving. Let's let's pivot to some good men. Uh, There was a lot of talk on Twitter yesterday about how Brad Pitt and Harry Styles were going to be co-stars in a movie. And I would like Twitter to just gain some media literacy before you start trending things because you can't trend the fact that Brad Pitt and Harry Styles are going to be co-stars without any confirmation whatsoever because people like me will get very excited and then it'll turn out to not be true, which is exactly what happened because I can't have nice things. So there were rumors that they were going to be in a movie together. All you need to know is that they're not. However, I would like to say... I have been faked out so many times with Harry Styles casting news. He was going to be Elvis. He was going to be Prince Eric. He was going to oh, be, yeah. I don't know, now this. Just can we can we get some confirmation before we talk about all of this stuff? That's all I would like. I'm very fragile. It's true. Um, Wait, did it could you predict a genre of movie that you'd most want to see Brad Pitt and Harry Styles in? Is it action? Is it thriller? Maybe like romance? a like a wacky Ooh. like like action comedy. Like, do you guys ever mm. see like Nice Guys with uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe where it's like yeah. action, no. but they're like kind of goofy together? Okay. Yeah. Like wearing bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's Those are my requirements for genre. Brad Pitt. Okay. Harry Styles that. movie. Okay. Um, and then also in social media news, the saga of the Ana de Armas updates <laughs> account has some updates. Jam Session went deep into that this week. So if you want more details, you can listen to them. But basically in summary... The classic Ana Dharma's updates account, who has just been dragging them for all sorts of things, was the first one to actually arguably kind of make Ana Dharma's Twitter famous. Um, <laughs> she deactivated her account, and everyone was like, What happened? There were all these theories. People thought HBO got it taken down. People thought Ana Dharma's reps got it taken down. People thought there was like some internal Stan Twitter drama where like somebody took over the account. She posted the most elegant update. Uh, on Twitter, she was like, I'm back. She posted the Miley Cyrus meme where she's like, I'm back. And then not using the notes app, which is just a great choice. You can't yeah. use the notes app. You're too good for it. Uh, she posted this very like earnest update about supporting Ana de Armas. Uh, she's a fan. 
Uh, she applied a tone of constructive criticism to posts of candid photographs. <laughs> and uh, basically, she voluntarily deactivated the account to take a short break, which is great. We all need a break every now and then. And now she's back. So I just honestly thought it was very sweet because she's so clearly like actually cares about Ana de Armas <laughs> and like really is a fan and like really wants to support her. And then like people were really going after her because they thought she was making fun of her. So I just want to say that I refollowed the account. I oh. support Ana de Armas updates, updates. And I look forward to her future work. And also she immediately started tweeting about the free Britney movement. So clearly she still has some agendas to carry out. Yeah. I love that. I was going to say, do you think that Ana de Armas updates account will be easier on Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck now that she took a quick break? Or do you think they're going to go back to the hard hitting news where they're being just very, uh, I think she'll be a little more supportive and a little less, uh, Mimi maybe for a while, which Mm -hmm. is tough, but I think she'll find her way back in the end. Prayers up for Ana de Armas. Love that journey for her. (laughs) Okay, let's um, end the category with the last most random one. I don't know that this is best or the least shitty, but certainly provided like the Tea Time Squad a lot of entertainment this week. It was circulating around Twitter and all the other social media apps. Originally found it from Josie Duffy Rice, who tweeted an excerpt from this 1958 magazine, and it's a list of 129 ways to get a husband, which normally these things are quite annoying. I actually don't enjoy like (laughs) reading about old-timey diets where like (laughs) I read one thing where I was like, they just recommended lamb chop and pineapple, and that was like a (laughs) full-ass diet, like fad that went around. Anyway. James Blunt, take notes. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Anyway, this is a little bit... Uh, more lighthearted because some of these are quite ridiculous. Um, my favorites, we can, I uh, sent this to the whole Tea Time squad. We can pick our favorites. One of mine is tip number 26 is don't room with a girl who is a sad sack and let her pull you down to her level, which is funny because I feel like the the feeling of the generations that follow is just like sadness. I feel like we and Gen Z and every other younger person is just always just kind of emo and upset. And this is the exact opposite of that. Um, I also like, let's see, dropping a handkerchief. That was a full ass tip for a woman to get a husband was dropping a handkerchief. Did you guys have time to read through these? Yeah, I really like the ones that like we would look at them now and think that it's like things not to do in like 2020. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, number 19, get lost at football games. (laughs) What is that? What does that mean? I don't know. That's also up there with number 22. On a plane, train or bus, don't sit next to a woman. Sit next to a man. I, for one, love to sit next to strange men (laughs) on public transportation. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I love tip number 34. (laughs) Wear a Band-Aid. People always ask what happened. I don't think I've ever asked that in my life. Every time I wear one, no one certainly asks me. I really like the be friendly to ugly men. Yeah. (laughs) You know, ugly men deserve attention, I guess. These back uh, in the day were so much more savage. I feel like they just didn't yeah. care about being rude or mean to other people. Yeah. Some of them are also just like, make a lot of money. Like, what? I would love mm-hmm. to do that. Tell me how. You know? Exactly. Like, okay. right. That's not something I could apply to my life at this point. Could you moment. imagine us as young women in 1958 reading oh this God. article? I mean, like, actually, <laughs> like, it's as if picking up a Cosmo art- uh, magazine now. Mm-hmm. And like, I take a lot of that stuff as truth, even though it's idiotic. <laughs> like, right. I would have probably believed this stuff. I would have been dropping handkerchiefs everywhere I go. Yeah, we've heard your diary entries. We know. We know how you would have taken this. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've read one of them. Maybe I'll bring it back. Um, you should. It's been far too long. 
This episode of Tea Time is brought to you by Blue Apron. Home cooking matters now more than ever. Blue Apron takes the guesswork out of dinner, and we mean more than just deciding what to eat. You can know your ingredients are being prepared and packaged with the highest attention to quality and safety. And with their commitment to transparency and reducing waste, Blue Apron has your back in more ways than one. You can feel good about your food and your environmental impact with Blue Apron, the first meal kit to partner with How To Recycle, which is committed to transparency and reducing waste. Over 85% of Blue Apron packaging is recyclable, and 41% of their packaging materials are made from recycled content. They're also the first meal kit company to transition to drain-safe, fully recyclable ice packs. Feel good about your choices and create delicious meals at home with Blue Apron. Prices start as low as $7.49 per serving. Don't sacrifice flavor. Don't settle for boring meals. Find comfort in the kitchen with Blue Apron and enjoy delicious home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off across your first two deliveries when you visit blueapron.com slash tea time. That's blueapron.com slash tea time. Blue Apron, feed your soul. This episode is brought to you by VH1's new series, RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review. In this new reality series, RuPaul is opening a live Las Vegas residency and has invited six of the most legendary queens in Drag Race history to put on the most sensational show of all time. See what it's really like to go behind the queens and follow their Vegas journey. As the pressure builds, relationships are pushed to the brink. And with Ru as their boss, the stakes have never been higher. From love affairs that will make you gag to all-out backstage cat fights that will leave you shook. Witness Drag Race favorites Vanessa Vangie Mateo, Evie Oddly, Naomi Smalls, Cameron Michaels, Asia O'Hara, and Derek Berry as they try to work together. Will they be able to slay the odds? With these drag superstars, one thing's for sure. You can always bet on the queens to showcase their charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Don't miss RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review new series premieres tonight, August 21st at 8, 7 central, only on VH1. Watch tonight. Okay, let's keep going. Let's move on to the next category. This is cringe mode. The search for the worst Nicholas Sparks movie. Mm. And I will tell all of you loyal listeners, I think I'm at the end of my rope. This <laughs> might be the last cringe mode we do. I don't know that I can take anymore. Yeah. We watched and are going to review The Lucky One. Uh, like Amelia said, with Zac Efron and Taylor Schilling. Kate, do you want to give us the two-sentence synopsis of the movie? Yes. First, I would like to say that um, I feel a little let down by my fellow co-hosts. I thought we could make it through. I thought we really could do it for the people. Find the worst Nicholas Sparks movie. I feel like we've really left some behind, but we're tapping out after this one, (laughs) it would appear. What is Um, this? Four movies? (laughs) Listen. This one really, really did something. Liz literally (laughs) wrote in the outline was like, I'm done. I can go no further. So I know there are others oh, out there. God. There's probably better ones than the lucky one. I don't know why we chose this god awful one. But there are worse ones true. too. Let me tell you. Uh, okay, Kate, um, please. Yeah, sorry. So the lucky one came out in 2012. Really bad movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Star Zac Efron. He almost gets blown up in the first 10 minutes of the movie like three times. He's a Marine. He's in the Iraq War. And the reason he survives is because he, he walks away from the place of the explosion to pick up this picture of a girl that he sees right before the explosion happens. It saves him. And so basically he finds it in himself. He's like, I should find this woman. I sort of uh, didn't pay attention enough to know how he found the woman, but he did. Mm -hmm. He walks across the country. 
He finds her. She works at a dog farm. They fall in love. She has a kid. She has an angry ex- ex-husband who's a police officer. Mm. Uh, and he eventually, he eventually dies, the police officer. So that's Spoiler all tied up. Alert. Um, yeah. and, well, that's this whole cat. Whole no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Zac Efron, who has the emotional uh, intensity of just a piece of driftwood in this film, uh, ends up happily ever after with Taylor Schilling from Orange Wait, is the New Black. Um, Love that. When does the abusive husband die? At the end. What? What Liz, part? did you watch this movie? I did. I watched the whole fucking thing. Is this Bradley Cooper dies in a Star is Born part two? <laughs> when does he die? Was it in that gigantic storm? Yes, he gets yes. swept away. And then there's an ambulance and his dad is grieving. Right? No, his dad is like <laughs> smiling. His dad was like, oh, it happens. Do you remember it's that? It's the whole end of the movie, Elizabeth. No, it's not. And I watched yes, it when really you sent me. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh I thought God. the end scene is when they run into each. What about the gun scene? You know where that's um, like Zac midway through the film. <gasps> yeah, did you watch okay. the entire film? I no. did because I watched even up there on the boat at the very end. They like yes, like, yeah, you know, right. Yeah, into the how'd distance. you miss the giant storm that kills a major character? I might have just gotten gone to the restroom or something. I'm not <laughs> sure. That's good to know. This is why I, I tell you to do the recap instead <laughs> of me. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Good um, recovery. <laughs> so, with that in mind, let's do some highlights of this movie. I feel like you guys know the clip of Aretha Franklin when she's asked about Taylor Swift and she's like, <laughs> great Sorry. gowns, beautiful gowns. Yes. That's how I feel about this movie. Great dogs, <laughs> beautiful dogs. And that is literally everything positive that I have to say. Yes, I like the, it's a, a border like farm that Taylor Schilling runs with her son and her mother, Blythe Danner. Seems mm. like It's really her grandmother. Nice. It's her great. Just fact checking everything you say. Sorry. Her parents <laughs> died, Elizabeth. It's also... A major plot point in the film. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm really sorry. It's her grandmother. They look like they could be mother and daughter, but they do, which they we'll do. get to actually because Taylor Schilling's ages of I was just going to say yeah. Yeah. that highlights a main issue that I have, which is all of their ages are so bungled. But anyway, yes, I wish there was more scenes with the dogs. Um, there's like a 10 second clip where Zac Efron has like a hose and he's like playing around with them with the kid and he's like washing all the dogs. I wanted more of those scenes. I don't know why we spent so much time doing the classic Nicholas Sparks thing where they're in a fucking canoe on a little stream lake thing. Mm. I just want more dog farm. Yeah. Agreed. Same. And do you know what else? <laughs> Sorry. No, I agree with you. I agree because th- there's not a lot of highlights. And, and the only there's other hi- highlight is like, it's a backhanded highlight that I have is um, Nicholas Sparks, you know, he loves to hide gems in his movie that like, you know, it's deeper characterization. And in this one, Zac Efron says some like deep philosophical quote and Taylor Schilling. I, I honestly forgot her name in this movie. I think it's but- Beth. Really? No, See? it's not. No yeah. one was watching the movie carefully. It's not oh, just Oh my me. God. Okay. I well- literally just told you her name, but continue. <laughs> oh, Okay, well, Beth. You Beth. can tell that this is like one of the lat, like fourth oh Nicholas God. Sparks movies reviewed. We're all it's true. Done. It's okay, true. Please. Sorry. Okay, so Beth um, is like, is it Voltaire? Did you just quote Voltaire? And she does this because it's like, oh, she's super educated. She knows who Voltaire is. Oh, but then Zac Efron goes, actually, it was Dr. Seuss. So fuck you. But anyway, um, you know, again, he just loves to Nicholas Sparks loves to remind people that his characters are deep and intelligent and Kate reminded me because I forgot which other movie did this as well but in the last song Liam drops 
some knowledge. Tolstoy. Tolstoy. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Liz watched that movie. She watched that one. I did. Every single minute, my eyes. (laughs) Wish I could say the same about this one. I think the highlight maybe for you guys, I just, I've never really been into the Zac Efron. Wow. Height of his power. I just never really was into it. I think I could sense that he was like 5'7", and I just like couldn't take it. Um, Another highlight, though, I do have is Mm -hmm. I— I, there's a lot of absurdity in this movie, and, and I'll I'll talk about the dialogue in a bit because I have some problems. <laughs> but Taylor Schilling gets ro- or Beth, excuse me, Beth. It's like at the end of her rope about something, and she goes out to the garden to blow off some steam. And there's a whole ass scene where Taylor Schilling <laughs> has these gigantic clippers, and she's like hacking at the bushes. But it's supposed to be dramatic. There's dramatic oh music that plays underneath. Zach Efron and Black Dan are like looking at her concern. <laughs> she eventually starts crying later. But she literally, Aww. I can't imagine filming that whole scene. She's just like hacking away at the garden and at the bushes. And it's supposed to be this like really emotional, dramatic moment. Right. And it just, I couldn't buy into it. <laughs> it's absurd. It is. It is. Yeah. I did <sighs> skip. I actually skipped that part. So. <laughs> Kate, is, I can't believe you got on me for skipping around in the movie. Listen, you got to pick the right parts that you know. You just don't need to sit through. You do. Okay, let's do some lowlights. Uh, so- Liz, read, read what you've written right here okay. at the top of lowlights. In general, I think I've maxed out of Nicholas Sparks. This is my breaking point. No more. Oh, my God. And I stand by that. I walked to remember Phenomenal last song. You know, Phenomenal. This movie was just so bad. And I'll just skip around to my low light. I think the best part of any Nicholas Sparks movie is the romance and the love Mm. and the chemistry, all that. There was just none between Taylor Schilling and Zac Efron. Really none. Couldn't see it. Couldn't buy into it. They looked literally decades apart in age. I just like (laughs) couldn't buy into it. Um, Uh, Yeah. I, I, where do we get into that? Is that what age the worst or is that in low lights? Um, oh, that's in lightning round. Yeah, we just have a lot of quibbles with Taylor Schilling's mom energy. Um, <laughs> my low light a- agrees with that. Taylor Schilling just has this like strange manic, mm-hmm. I don't want to say mom energy, but just like mm-hmm. this like very frazzled like suburban energy, which is like exactly why she was cast in Orange is the New Black. Yes, but, yes. Like, it, is not, it just does not work here. It's like the same vibe. And it 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 reminds me of the uh, the mom on Modern Family. I forget her name. Oh, but the Julie. blonde on Modern Julie Bowen. Yeah, Julie Julie Bowen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, they have like the same like like gotta get the laundry done. Yeah. And, and just, exactly. It it just is not sexy, and it yeah. doesn't work for me. And it didn't work for Zac Efron apparently by the looks of this movie. Orange is the New Black also taped like in 2012, so it's right in this mm. era of Taylor Shelley. And then she started the show where she was literally cast, I believe, for that like. Not older white woman, but just kind of like not a young, sprightly, has a little right. kid, teen mom-esque energy. She, that was just not her character. And I don't know if it's because I watched all of Orange is the New Black, but like I didn't buy into her in this specific role. No, me Totally. And also, I think what adds to her manic energy is the fact that her hair is <laughs> the most— fr- And okay, here's the thing. If you're saying like, my hair looks like that too, that's fine. But she is in a fucking— High ass production film. I want at least one deep conditioning treatment on her hair because it literally looks like she just didn't wash it for five days and was like, well, this is as good as it's going to get. You're on a feature film, miss. They 
They gave Miley Cyrus an entirely new head of hair underneath her existing head of hair for the last song. They couldn't put a single conditioned extension Uh, in Taylor Schilling's head. And there were pieces, the pieces in her face. Just really bad. Especially when then they go to the 2013... Safe Haven and like Julian Huff's mm. Bob is just carrying her entire performance. Yes, exactly. It just exactly. Really, it, it really adds something, and you just need yes. that here. You really Quickly, do. I do want to say another low light um, because we skipped over it, but all white cast, not good. Mm. All the characters, again, it's like set in the sat. Like all of them, especially the <laughs> abusive ex husband, seems just like racist, like in his personal life. And I just can't believe <laughs> yeah. it, but I feel like it's true. It's and the, it's just like, yeah. Nicholas Sparks, fucking come on. It's 2012. The, yeah. The MAGA energy of every Nicholas Sparks <laughs> movie is just so strong. Unreal. It really and like is. maybe if I was just like watching it like in another state of mind, I could just like, and I know it sounds so dumb because like you know what you're getting into. But I just can't shake it. You just but can't still. watch these movies and not be like, wow. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And this is, again, this is a high production feature right. film. Like, come on. <laughs> also, yeah. I'm sorry, but her son is so fucking annoying. He is such a little brat. And I'm sorry, but if there was ever a moment for one of the characters to go all Meredith from the parent trap and be like, I'm shipping this brat off to boarding school. It would be this mm-hmm. brat for this movie because I could not stand this child. It's true. We talk in movies past that how amazing the child actors are. That's one of the only highlights we could drum up about some of these choices. Yes. And the fact that this can't even deliver. The one thing we can rely on in a Nicholas Sparks movie is a good child actor. And even that fell flat. I thought he was kind of cute. He was cute. No, he was annoying. No? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, another highlight, Amelia. I mean, low light. Jeez, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, also, you know, I for at least I don't know these Nicholas Sparks movies. At least like there's some sexual tension going on. Like, yes, I get that in the a walk to remember. I mean, there's so much sexual tension in just the little tattoo right. scene, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And they tried to make this like extra sexy. Did you see some of those shots where his hand was going on? And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <gasps> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is definitely like the raciest one we've watched. It is. Yes, for sure. It is. For but sure. I honestly felt fine looking away and doing like other work <laughs> yeah. because it was so not it was, sexy. Apparently. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Disappointing. They did. They tried to make it very sexy, yes. very romantic. There was multiple scenes where yes. they put those two, you know, a little rendezvous. <laughs> and I just didn't want... <laughs> any of it and it was in the it. perfect we'll talk about this in the lightning round but some really perfect settings for some of this stuff still no exactly. no don't want it don't <laughs> want to see it I also this brings me to the dialogue in this movie <laughs> some of it is just unexplainable and I have to talk about it so like the back and forth between Taylor Schilling and Zac Efron is like supposed to be really quick and and smart and like mm-hmm. kind of flirty, but they're both very like stubborn, strong like banter, characters. good banter. Yes. So Zac Efron is making conversation with her in the kitchen. The kids there, they're talking about how Taylor Schilling needs to be like an all star runner. Like okay, and then <laughs> so which she had to like throw away when she had a son. Okay, and then Zac Efron in a literal serious piece of dialogue goes. Do you still run competitively? And then it's supposed to be a serious moment where Taylor Schilling's like, no, I can't anymore. You know, because she threw away her past life for her son. It's like, Taylor Schilling looks 35. Where is she going to competitively run? She works at a dog farm. 
Who is she going to compete against? This woman is not going to the Olympics. Like, what are you thinking, Zac Efron? What did he think when he was asking her that? Like, uh, or who was writing that that thought that that was like a a smart thing to ask? I don't know. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, And then later in the movie, they're talking again. They're out in the back. And then... She's talking about her meaningful relationship with her ex-husband and the the father of her child. And she's talking about this home renovation project that they worked on together. And she's like, we even built this wall. And she turns and it's just a pile of bricks with some cement in the middle. And it was also supposed to be a very poignant scene about who knows what their relationship and that significant project they worked on together but it was just a pile of bricks I don't know I felt like I paid too close of attention to the wrong things in this movie obviously and tapped out at like some of the more pivotal but I gotta talk about the dialogue it was ridiculous again like some MAGA vibes from like the meaning of the the building the wall you know they're just everywhere once you once you notice you can't stop (laughs) actually that's a pretty good transition to what age the best and the worst. <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, but now I'm going to say this. We've watched say two it. movies in a row where Nicholas Sparks, who again, like at least is like the creative vision behind these books <laughs> and these movies, not like a great person in regards to like the fact that he's super homophobic and bad. However, uh, he appears to have a strong anti-cop agenda. We've watched two movies in a row where the ex-husband is like super toxic, super abusive, actively horrible person. And uses his job as a cop to like do all sorts of horrible things. And I was just like, you know what? I think Nicholas Sparks has an anti-cop agenda. I think it's there. To his credit, this guy, the new guy in The Lucky One is um, not as sweaty as the other character, the other (laughs) cop. So that was less a grievance to my eyes. But (laughs) yeah, agreed. Yeah, he he was not a looker though, (laughs) which we'll also get to later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, give and take. I also... This aged really well. I forget who said it, but someone during our Safe Haven podcast last week said that dating with kids looks super hard and impossible. I think uh, that was Liz, right? Was it Liz? I thought it was you, Amelia. Oh, we could both take it. Well, we whoever both said it, it, that take aged extremely well because, again, Taylor Schilling has a kid and is like trying to balance this kid back and forth with this ex-husband who doesn't oh. want him to date sexy soldier Zac Efron. True. And it just looks really hard. Dating with kids seems really hard and I yeah. would not yeah. want to do it. I'm going to pull up my totally. note from the end of this category because it ties directly into this. I think it would have been so much better of a movie. I know this is not a Nicholas Sparks tale, but if Taylor Schilling's whole purpose of the movie was just getting sole custody of her child. Yes. Nixing mm. this abusive guy out of her life. Yeah. Granted, there's not a lot of romance in that. Maybe Zach Efron could have been like on the side perhaps, but right. would have been a better movie more, I guess, pleasing and worthwhile of a watch, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> it was this weird side story that didn't get yeah. a lot of attention and was True. kind of bizarre. True. Um, Amelia, what do you think has aged the best or worst? Well, I don't, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know where Nicholas Sparks get the, gets the confidence where he can write a story about the Iraq war and soldiers. And the same goes for like <laughs> domestic abuse. It's just like, I don't, if I'm gonna, I don't want to hear a story that you make up in your mind, Nicholas Sparks, when you haven't lived these lives. I don't, it just seems so inauthentic to me. Not that <laughs> like we should care because it's a Nicholas Sparks movie, but still. I also think a lot of writers are like, you can. There have been a lot of great movies where obviously those writers have not been in those situations. However, you're completely right. I agree. Nicholas Sparks is not equipped. Stick to what you know. Also, it's just like, you know, oh, I found a photograph and it saved my life. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> the first 10 minutes of this movie, he crams in everything yes! he needs to make Zac Efron a tragic character. Yes! And like, it's so clearly just like, I'm throwing you in this situation so that people can feel sorry for you and that you can have no emotions throughout the rest of my movie. 100%. And that's just, it literally is 10 minutes of him being a soldier and like it moves so yeah. quickly. And then we end up spending so much time on the dog farm watching Taylor Schilling cut roses. Yeah. <laughs> really tough. Oh my God. <laughs> And then, Amelia, you have some casting thoughts, don't you? Yes. For people who have seen The Bachelorette, who have watched The Bachelorette for a while, is it just me or they cast the ex-husband to look like Maga Garrett, who won the season of Becca's season of The Bachelorette, right? He looks yes. like Garrett. So yes. Maga, it, it, yes, it, it hits. Um, but, and then also <laughs> we see one image of the dead brother. It's a photograph and he looks exactly like JP from Ashley A. Bear season, who won. <laughs> it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Look it up. I swear to God. Same I, mean, I don't know JP, you know? but yeah, it's so true. <laughs> yeah, um, true. The one thing I could think of for me, because I agree with all your points at HBS, Taylor Schilling does a lot of claw clip hairstyles <laughs> with like that gigantic claw and your hair just flops over the side. Used to be really in style, then it went way out of style. Now all the teens are doing it and it's back. Kendall Jenner's wearing it all mm. the time. So, you know, that did work in some way, although we do have problems with the hair. But yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I could think of that has like aged in a positive way. So let's move on. Let's do the MVP. Kate, our, you're up first. Our shortest category on this outline. <laughs> oh my God. Um, my MVP is Blythe Danner, just queen mm. of like the kooky grandma role. She doesn't get a lot to do in this movie other than just like shooting Taylor Schilling like disapproving looks. Like I know mm-hmm. you can do better, but she's just great. She's great in everything. Also, Liz, I literally wrote in the outline that she's her grandma. Uh, so, you know, just so okay. you know. Yep. Yeah. Blythe you Danner, bet. I love her. Copy that. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Um, Amelia, who is your MVP? I would say it's a tie between the ex-husband's facial acting in the violin church scene where he's like, oh, oh, oh my God, I'm realizing I'm being cut out of my son's life. Like, it was good facial acting, okay? It was. Um, and then also, it was between that and Zac Efron's back tat, which is in like that, you know, like scripture kind of font and it says all glory is fleeting because that's like such a soldier tattoo to have it is it reminds me of like the no regrets from (laughs) that one movie you know it's the same same energy just on his back i was gonna give a shout out to my favorite tattoo which is his (laughs) like barbed wire bicep tattoo i did like that one oh my god Um, but again we only see those in those sexy scenes where none of us wanted to watch them anyway so it's just an absolute wash Mm -hmm. of an mvp tough mvp category yeah All right, let's do a lightning round. Kate, take it away. Ahem. All right, (laughs) lightning round. Did you cry? Yes or no? Liz? Hell no. (laughs) Amelia? No, of course not. Yeah, no, this movie made me feel nothing. Uh, (laughs) Did they say I love you too fast? Yes or no? We all agreed they did not say I love you in this movie. No. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they didn't. So that... That's, because there know. was no love between them to share. <laughs> <laughs> they knew. The editor saw them say it and they were like, no one will believe this. And they cut it out. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, so true. How does it make you feel that Taylor Schilling's character is supposed to be canonically 25 or 26 in this movie? She says that she had her kid at like 18, senior in um, high school. The kid has his eighth birthday party. So she's, he was either 17 or 18 when she had her, had him. Literally 25 or 26. I. Uh, it just does not compute. As a 26-year-old, right. I'm not so sure that Taylor Schilling would be a peer, looks-wise. But yeah, I just, she honestly looked, and there's no shade, but she just looks 
35 and Zac Efron looked 18 and it felt yes! very bizarre. Right. <laughs> and I also think like it kind of would have been like sexier that way. You know, like yeah, maybe yeah. there was like some conflict because she was like a mom. I love that. Yeah. And then like he was like this like 24 year old soldier that like, came into her life and then they had to like, you know, society didn't want them yeah. to be together because the age difference. I love that. But yeah. instead, literally, they're supposed to be the same age. And it's no. not that she looks old to me. She just has that 35 year old frazzled energy. It's so and it, I just yeah, I guess we've already talked about it, but that just did not make that did not work for me at all. Yes. Yes. Uh, lightning round. Choose an inappropriate hookup spot. Middle of the road, the barn, or the wow. outdoor shower. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's self-explanatory. I closed out of all my other tabs in the outdoor shower. The rest <laughs> I was doing work like the whole time. So I'm going to say outdoor shower. It's got to be the outdoor shower. <laughs> Amelia? I said Zach Efron can get it wherever, whenever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, and apparently he can't because he does in this movie. Okay. Yeah, he does. The B plot. Is it fire? There's no literal fire B plot in this one. <laughs> no. Just a storm. There could have been. They were on a farm. Yeah, they could have fit around. one in. Yeah. I feel like that was a mistake. Just lazy. It, it was sure. lazy. And just the fact that, oh, oh, he happened to die in the, he happened to get washed away. How? It's like that Cardi B video where she's like, how fucking convenient. But really. That was very convenient. Well, clearly yeah. I don't even remember that scene, so I didn't even remember that end to the B-plot. So, yeah, not not fire. No, pretty no. bad. And our last question, possibly for this entire cringe mode uh, <laughs> theme, is this the worst Nicholas Sparks movie? It's the worst one we've watched, I think. Amelia, you think I, differently. I honestly hated the last one more, but this one's a close second. I'm glad that we have like a little bit of debate, at <laughs> yeah. least. For sure. Yeah. The last one was also pretty bad. It this was one was worse. Really bad. Yeah. This one was worse in my opinion. <laughs> However, if you all listening have very strong opinions, you think there's one more that we're absolutely missing or it's like a crime we haven't covered, you can tell us and we may change. But I, if I have any say over anything at all, <laughs> want to be done. Um, which actually brings me to the thing I want to tease next week before we move on to the last category, which is like I said in the top, we had a really fun pod, a one-off. We've never done this before, but there's something big happening on the website, theringer.com. Tea Time is going to do something alongside of it. And yeah, it's the first that we've ever done like this. It will be very different, very exciting. We're going to abandon the format. We don't know what yes. we're going to do yet, but yes. it'll mm -hmm. be fun. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so tune into that. But yeah, tell us if you want to keep watching Nicholas Sparks, <laughs> I suppose. I might delete those before Amelia reads the DMs. Okay. Let's do our last category, two times unanswerable question. Uh, Kate, you go first. All right. Inspired by the baby news that we talked about at the top of the pod, if you had a kid, who would be your ideal celebrity playdate squad? You can do this in terms of like parents you would want to hang out with while your kids are like, I don't know, doing whatever babies do. Or you can just do like what kind of kids you would want your kid to hang out with. Amelia, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. This is hard, but mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. I mean, like, yeah, she says some stupid stuff and he's kind of bland, but <laughs> I feel like they would be kind of a nice couple to hang out with. I don't know. I mean, I would actually, no, actually, I would, I would like to just figure out what goes down between Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Because mm -hmm. okay, what so an interesting in advance for that unborn yes, child. That baby exactly. hasn't even That baby has a packed schedule already. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the best parts about a play date 
I think in the future is that you get to go to the other parent's house to pick mm. them up and you have to go to their house and have that address because like your child is there. True. So what immediately comes to mind is obviously Beyonce's home. I just want to <laughs> see it and see what's up. I just want to like drive in that driveway, just be on the inside of that house because you have to, you have to pick up your child up. I want to see how much care they have and what their playroom is like. Mm. I just want to be in the homes of these people. That's yes. a great, that's yes. a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that's um, my answer. I was going to say the uh, the Union Wade family. First of all, Gabrielle Union's little baby is adorable. I think her name's Kavia. And then Zaya is obviously great, great influence. Like a little older, so like you can hang out with her. True. You can hang out with the Wade family. They're a bunch of kids. They're all really cute. All seem really great. Um, and also have like a really great house and a really great like area. So for sure, yeah. that's, that's my a take. Great answer. Agreed. And also, I feel like they could be like a family friend too. And then you right. just become yeah. close. Yeah, go out and like do stuff with them. You know, for sure. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Amelia, what is your question? Okay, so uh, the Girl Scouts, they're back. <laughs> And actually, starting in 2021, they are introducing a new Girl Scouts cookie flavor. It's going to be called Toast Yay! with an exclamation point. And it is a bread-shaped cookie that's made to look like a slice of French toast. And it's it's going to be like a French toast cookie bread thing. And then on the other side is like frosting, which I'm assuming is probably French toast flavored or cinnamon flavored. I don't know. But... um. Thoughts on this new cookie? Are you going to try it? Are you into it? Does it sound good? Do you like French toast? Do you guys remember that cereal bar that has the t- the cereal on either end and then on the inside is Ooh, like this cream filling, but it's milk? Yes, yes, yes. And that was like my breakfast, but <laughs> yes. it was just cre- sugar cream. This yeah. reminds me of that. Those were fucking great. So I'm just like, yeah, let's they do were it. really good. I love the Lucky Charms yeah. ones. Looking at this, like I would try any Girl Scout cookie once. Like I would probably mm-hmm. eat any sleeve of Girl Scout cookies once. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I have Girl Scout cookies in my fridge right now. They're the chocolate peanut butter ones. Ooh, and oh God. I just feel like there's no beating like the top three Girl Scout cookies. So That's true. like I would try it, but I don't see myself like my allegiance is moving on from like yeah. the mints and whatever the peanut butter ones are. Do you yeah. love I mean, scraping off the the top layer of the chocolate and peanut butter with your teeth going like, eh? I usually am shoveling into them into my mouth. Too okay. 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 Never I am too sensitive of teeth for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Quickly, quickly, before we wrap up, my question is, what are your guys' gas station orders? Because it only appeared to me on TikTok because I no longer have Twitter, but apparently it went on Twitter as well, um, where you just kind of flex on like what you're getting, what three things you're getting from the gas station when you run in on like any given day. So it's naturally a drink, a salty snack, and then a sweet snack. So mm. I'll go first, really get you guys brainstorming. Mine is Dr. Pepper, Sour Patch Kids, and Cheez-Its, which I believe is just the perfect three combo. Dr. Pepper so freaking good. I never have it. I'm literally drinking it right now, actually. Are you? I love Dr. Pepper. I love Dr. Pepper. It's really good. It's great. It's an elite soda. What is your gas station order? Okay. I would have to say the white cherry Gatorade. Um, Ooh. Have you tried? I'm looking at Liz's (laughs) face. Yeah, you're right. That's this exercise. Everyone has different tastes. Okay. Uh, um, That one. And then I also like any type of probably well, like cherry, probably the Laffy Taffy chair, like the Mm. huge ones, not the little tiny ones, but the big ones that you get Uh like a a sugar coma from. And then Gardettos. Ooh. Do you remember those? Those little, they're like little chips and then you can like lick off the salt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are good. 
Those it's are like great. Chex Mix. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the beauty of the gas station meme is that like everyone's order is so cursed because it's <laughs> like just these things just don't go together in like a normal day. Yeah. Um, so mine, I try to think of like my true soul gas station order and mine drink would be half coffee, half gas station cappuccino because Ooh, the gas yeah. station cappuccino is like that very specific, like horrible chemical sugar filled, yes. like yes. sort of almost hot chocolate, but like something yes. makes it not. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to mix that with coffee. Did that in college a lot. And then I would go some Hostess Donuts. Wow. Um, and then maybe some Chex Mix. Nice. Love that. That's what we're doing. Um, this also for another time when we have more time, I want to talk about what we used to eat from gas stations in our previous <laughs> lives because I was eating gas station hot dogs. You guys were eating sushi and the people deserve to know about it, but maybe we don't have time for it just yet. Yeah, let's just cut that off right let's here. wrap it. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you, Erica, because Kai is out. She's subbing yes. in. Really appreciate you. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. <laughs>